and welcome to the Seen and Nerd podcast. Tonight we're ranting and raving about the latest in TV and film news to come out of DC23. We got some t- trailer talk and our regular hiatus watch updates. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing well, Sarah. I'm looking forward to talking a lot of things with you this evening. This been last weekend and Heck, just as we were talking this this evening, um, you know, more news dropping about lots of shows, lots of things. Twitter's going crazy with R. Kelly and Kevin Hart cheating on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just this is the you know fun time to talk about entertainment stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's a fun time. It's a questionable time. It's a confusing time, but it's all good. It gives us stuff to talk about. It's and totally I don't does. even, I don't even know if we're going to be talking so much as me. I'm going to be ranting. You're yeah. going to probably rave a little. Probably be like, really, really, guys, this is what we got. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that, but, but I mean. There's, like you said, great stuff is happening at the same time. If great there is. Stuff. If there is. So so give us an update, Will. Where are you in Mr. Robot Season 2? Yes, I started Mr. Robot Season 2. I am on Episode 3. Uh, you're correct. I actually, uh, I've actually watched a couple of the first... I watched the first two episodes like over again. Because I was just trying to make sure I, I understood what was going on. So, nerd, nerd, nerd. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I still love this show. It's like it's like my it's like my new one of my new faves. So, so just out of curiosity, the first two episodes are part one and part two. Yeah. So what do you think is actually going on? Um. Well. I think, you know, now that we are very clear who Mr. Robot is, that's obviously in Elliot's head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, like, when he's, like, with his buddy, um, you know, when he's at lunch, he's almost taken the place of Karen as, as far as the therapist. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very, well, it's a very narrative type of, Thing to watch right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just hearing his. It, it, when I was watching it um, the other evening, with when Elliot was narrating, the first thing that popped in my my mind was a Clockwork Orange. Oh, because that's you, disturbing. Yes, it is. But <laughs> and I will explain what I mean by that. And you know, okay. in a Clockwork Orange, Alex is always, you know, that first person narrative narrative voice throughout right. the film. And I'm finding that same kind of structure even more so in these first couple of episodes than I did the first season. Nice. Okay. So do you believe what Elliot is telling you is true? Um, from his perspective, yeah. Um, huh. I, That's interesting. From his perspective, now you know it's just a lot of things going on uh, you know, with the uh, you know uh, with Gideon getting killed and um, and um, just the whole 
you know, F, F society, you know, the whole hack and everything, just sort of sort of the um, ramifications from that. So, it, you know, it, it's been interesting you know, to sort of see Elliot step back from the hacker mode and just being in this room in his mother's place. Right. And, you know, you, you wonder, you know, how much of what's going on is just in his head especially mm-hmm. as he's writing things out in his notebook. I mean, uh, it's just, you know, I even like, you know, I sent you a message. I was like, did you like find yourself looking over your shoulder a couple times <laughs> <laughs> while watching this? Cause I don't know if I was tired or what, but I knew I just had, especially like when I think when the agent and Gideon were talking, I think that was that, that scene just kind of got me like my hair on my back, like on my neck, kind of like that weird oh, yeah. over there. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're, like you said, it's from entirely Elliot's perspective. And once you start believing his paranoia, mm-hmm. you start becoming just as paranoid about everything because suddenly you're questioning your own reality. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with this show is because, I mean, to your point, I actually felt the first person narrative structure more so in the first season. Because I felt like it was the first time I had seen anything on television to really encapsulate that narrative Mm -hmm. so strongly and so poignant where you, through the drug use, through the understanding that Mr. Robot isn't real and an illusion, through everything Darlene, all of Darlene's interactions with Elliot lead you to believe that this has happened more than once and this is a cycle. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, this is my hero, but he's unreliable. And he's my narrative narrator. So how do mm-hmm. I believe him? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah, I mean, that truly is. At the end, you know, the end of season one, uh, where everything went down and, mm-hmm. and you know, he wakes up in the, in the SUV and you're wondering, like, how much of all this is just really going on in this guy's head? And I just can't wait, you know, to see how the rest of season two unfolds uh, throughout the hiatus period. Um, uh, Because yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the ride so far. Even, even, even when I have, you know, bouts of paranoia when I'm watching it. (laughs) Then you just direct message me. And I'm like, no, it's it's right. It's normal. Um, So quick prediction time for you then. Where is Tyrell? Uh, hmm. Oh my god, this is so much fun for me, you guys. Like, yeah. I know what happens. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know where. Uh, yeah. Hmm. See again, I don't know if he is another like figment, or if he's a you know, or if he is you know, if he's sitting there at lunch like. Talking to himself, or if, he, yeah. if, if he's real, I, 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 at this point, I, I just don't know. Okay, well, I mean, you, you got some, you got a ways to go, but my friend, if you, if you like the start of the season, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna like the end of it as well. Okay, I'm gonna hold you so, to that. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm not gonna say the paranoia is gonna go away. It's gonna get worse. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you rely on Elliot. <laughs> Man, rewatch Mr. Robot season two or even season one for the matter for the first time. 
instead I'm stuck watching new Netflix shows. Yeah. Like this one called um, that just dropped on Friday, and I binged it because it's it's eight episodes and they're only thirty minutes long, so oh. it's really short. Oh, that's easy to get through. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to get through, but then it makes you question why did they do it to begin with? Because hmm. <laughs> there's actually a lot of pretty well-known actors and actresses in it, like Kobe Smulders is in it, um, Keel Peel, yeah. maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I know who he is. I know yeah. his face. Yeah. Um, he's in it, Fred Savage is in it, um, and the show's called Friends from College. Okay. So, I, so what's the premise? They are friends from college. <laughs> yes, I understand that. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I got I got, I got that you part. <laughs> so they but went are to they college. Like, are they friends from college? Are they like all unemployed now? And they like sit around in a coffee shop like lamenting how how the lives suck? Or it, but it, but it's it's not that friends because okay. those are actually my friends. Okay. It's it's um. They try to do with a lo- what a lot of those movies do, which features friends from college, and suddenly they're at a reunion, or suddenly they're at a wedding, and all of this history comes about, and they reminisce about old times and everything, which is essentially the concept of the show, where he, two of the friends went off, and now they're moving back, located near the rest of their friends group. And there's a lot of history and there's a lot of drama and they're they're all facing their own midlife crisis in mm-hmm. a way. Well, I guess, yeah, when you mentioned the cast, I guess all of them are in their I guess, late 30s, early 40s. So. Right. And I mean, the, the trailer sold me. The second trailer of this show, just watch that because okay. they they put all the best bits in that, honestly. Unfortunately. I mean, they're. Kobe and Kai Keel. Mm. Why do I keep messing up the name? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but those two characters, they're um, married to one another, and they go through the best arc of the entire show. Um, it has to do with um, the inability to have a kid, and then uh, there's some cheating, but it's really interesting. But everybody else just felt unnecessary, so it makes me question, why did Netflix say, Oh, this should be a serious series versus oh, this should be a a movie that we produce. Mm. Y- yeah. So so I did that and then I went to the exact opposite end of Netflix and original content and I watched the movie To the Bone. Hmm. To the Bone. Which is about um eating disorders. Really? Huh. <laughs> yep. Huh. So Wow. Who, who's anyone we know is in it, or is it... Uh... Keanu Reeves. Really? He plays the doctor of this treatment Whoa, wait, facility. Wait, 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 wait. Keanu Reeves plays, plays the doctor. 50-year-old plus Keanu Reeves plays a doctor, not the I, young 25-year-old. I am kid. not the I am an FBI agent. Yeah. No, no, no. That was like the 30 yeah. or something. No, the man, ageless. He is. I know. That's the thing. I, I still see him. I'm like, you know, I still see, you know, Point Break, you know? <laughs> or the Matrix. <laughs> uh, he's, he is. He's like, you know, he's like Fowler Felton to you. It is still funny how the Matrix was 
so such a like a um a, a moment in time mm-hmm. and yet people still look at him and they think point break <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help it i mean that's just you know it's it that's just when i think of keanu reeves keanu reeves i think point break yeah and then um I think her name is Lily Collins. She stars in it. A lot of people I saw, I've seen in TV shows. So mm-hmm. a lot of TV actors played the rest of the kids. What I will, I I was let down by the ending of this film. It kind of, it kind of built you up for something, and it felt very anticlimactic with how they wrapped up all of these loose ends. But I will say, to its credit. It is one of the few shows that get that kind of struggle right mm-hmm. and that mentality right. So if you're dealing with issues like that, then this may be of interest in how you can overcome those issues. So, okay. All right. So enough about those Netflix shows because, I mean, the – Friends from College isn't going to be Stranger Things and get nominated for an Emmy. No. <laughs> which, which I still don't know how it happened, Will. Like, I mean, the Emmy nominations came out, and yes. what do I see? I see a lot of the regular crew, yep. and then I see some new hits, and I see Stranger Things for Best Drama Series, and Millie Bobby Brown for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't get it. <laughs> you don't. So tell us, explain. Tell, all right. So here we go. Rant number one. Go. Okay. My okay. Millie Bobby Brown. She was my favorite part of that entire show, mm-hmm. and I do recall watching it for the first time and saying, "This kid is a star. She is amazing. This acting is on point." She, she did not do a better job than Carrie Coon in The Leftovers, okay? Okay. Like, they're just, they're not on the same level. And the fact that she got recognition over Carrie Coon, who did get nominated for an award, but for Fargo, which I have not seen, but I kind of I kind of feel like this was a peace offering, you know? Yeah. We're not going to recognize you for Leftovers. We're going to recognize you for this other show. And then in your place, we're going to put this young star so that younger audience members will want to watch the show to see if she wins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. Fair enough. Do you feel <laughs> like, do you feel that there was just uh, inherent bias against the Leftovers because, uh, it seems that the show, while it had good buzz, never seemed to be, never was nominated, I think, for any Emmy during this run. Did it, did it, was it getting a Golden Globe consideration or during no. the run? Okay, I, so. I, 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 think, I think you're right when you say it's never been recognized um, through its three-season run. And I don't know why that is, um, especially season two. Season two is great like season two i think is a perfect season of television Mm -hmm. season three i have my issues with but still karen carrie coon does some incredible work in it and that season finale just on a standalone episode is stellar 
just stellar storytelling happening. So it kind of it kind of bothers me because when you see great storytelling, you want it to get recognition. And when people don't recognize it, especially considering it didn't get the viewers it should have. But isn't that the point of these award shows to kind of make you be aware about these these um, shows that nobody watches? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's sort of like, you know, on the big screen with the Oscars, you know, how many people can legitimately say, oh, I, I saw the X number of movies that was nominated for Best Picture? Usually me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the exception to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is true, and I mean, they even expanded the category because they they started realizing there there's a lot more good filmmaking happening. So if there is a year when there's a lot of films to recognize, they have the ability to go up to 10. You yeah. hardly ever see it, but we all know it's there so that right. um, films like The Dark Knight don't get snubbed again. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know or, if the but, Emmys. But I, I still, I, yeah, I was, I was still so hopeful with the Oscars for Deadpool, but yeah, you know, for Best Picture, but we won't go there. <laughs> we won't That's go the there. Uh, that'll be a topic for another show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that that was really my biggest pet peeve about it. The Mister Robot thing, I'm not as strong about. And I don't know if that surprises you, considering you're right now watching season two, which theoretically it would have been nominated for. Right. It would have been. Um, yeah. Well, I haven't completed season two. Um, and just looking at the other individuals for best drama actor, your boy, Sterling K. Brown. I mean, I'll let you, you know, I'll give you a second to, you know, touch over him here in a moment. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's Anthony Hopkins, um, you know, as far as other people, um, uh, Bob Ert, Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Matthew Reese for The Americans, Lee Schreiber for Ray Donovan, Kevin Spacey, see, and then uh, Milo uh, Ventimiglia. Uh, so you've got your two, this is us. Here's the thing, here's the thing. To me, Kevin Spacey is like on this list. Say it. Say it. Come on. House of Cards is so like yesterday. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. Four years ago. Yes. (laughs) I mean, we see it play out on the news every night, even more interesting and frightening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's sort of like, you know, for me on the comedy side of the Emmys, Modern Family... You had your moment in the sun, but you need to just, like, move over. It's The show is so over. I mean, I was watching a rerun of the season while I was, while I was on the treadmill at the gym this evening, and I, I was just like, it's no, no. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, to your point, around that, like, that show that has practically just etched a a spot into that category. Yeah. You have shows like Atlanta, you have Blackish, you have yeah. Silicon Valley, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. Yeah. There we go. Like like that that's great. Veep is probably starting to worn out its welcome. However, even I every now and 
And again, turn that on, and I'm always like, damn it, Jonah. <laughs> like it. But yeah, we, we, we've tried to watch Feet, uh, but we ended up, um, we may take it up again, but I haven't, haven't done so yet. I, I have a feeling, well, I don't know. I haven't watched Atlanta. I I've haven't watched, either. I've, I've watched, heard great buzz about it, but yeah, it's just it's like, oh yeah, Donald Glover, yeah, Atlanta, I, I need to watch that, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of one of those, you know what, let me just wait for a few more seasons and then I'll do a real binge on it. Yeah. Um, Blackish, I could see it being its year, you know, depending yeah. on how many votes Atlanta gets. I have a feeling it's between those two. I really do. I think so, too. I mean, you've got Fresh show, you know, Atlanta. Blackish, I think, is really hitting its stride. And it did a good job of weaving in. Um, We've been in, um, I'm blanking on her name, um, and I shouldn't be doing this, so, of um, Rainbow, the actress, this is a character, uh, the actor's name, um, Pregnancy into, into the Season this year. Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross. Just yes, go to yes. the comedy I, like actress. Right <laughs> I know I did, I did. And I just like completely still blank. It's like you know, fifty pages of like Emmy notes. You know, I'm like, I'm like back here at sound editing trying to find the, the name. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I yeah, I can't believe I like like you know blanked on her name because she's you know every, I it's like you know those, those mom moments where you know my wife like just gets just laughs out loud because she's like you know I just said that like. You know, she'll, tra- she'll tweet Tracy Ellis Ross and like, I just said that like you know, earlier this evening. <laughs> oh my God. I, 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 yeah. And also, it has that great post-election episode that I... Uh-huh. Oh, that, that was powerable. Uh, that was powerful. Totally. Yeah, that, that was that was great. So yeah. now to go back over to the drama actor category, this is hard yeah. for me. I, I was a huge fan of Westworld and mm-hmm. I actually thought... Anthony Hopkins probably should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor, not Actor. Um, mm. That's just a little pet peeve. Uh, Sterling came around. Probably I would put money on that he would win. However, it kind of bothers me when the same people win award after award, and he just won last year for People versus OJ. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind well, of sir. would like to see Milo get it, because he also does some great work on This Is Us. However... I feel like Sterling's just on a run. He's yeah. Sometimes when you got a hot streak, you know, run with yeah, it. yeah. That one's hard. Um, but I mean, it's not a it's not a definite lock. Drama actress. Oh, I don't know. I I want to see Elizabeth Moss win. Mm-hmm. Claire Foy from The Crown could also get it. Viola, if, now, this is a test. If Viola Davis wins for How to Get Away with Murder, yes, this is now mm-hmm. the People's Choice Awards. Yeah. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. But she does not need an Emmy for that particular show. I used to watch that show, and then I fell off because it got way too soapy. Way too soapy. Mm. And really? they killed my favorite character. But, spoiler alert... <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say who your favorite character was, so, not... so you, you let, you're, you're leaving everyone guessing. Oh, well, 
Who could it be? Who could it be? Who could it be? Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to, as Will put it, scroll down through the massive list because there is something <laughs> else that I did want to talk about. Bring up. Okay. Well, well. Yeah, go ahead. Um, best supporting drama. Best act. Best supporting actor in a drama series. Mm-hmm. John Lithgow. He better win, Will. He better get it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell us why you, why you think that for me now. Um, I watched the series with my dad, and the series is kind of slow, but it is pretty. It's it's a pretty interesting story. It tells you a lot about the royals and the history, um, and that whole culture because it is a part of their culture that's really foreign to us Americans. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it was fascinating because you're you're learning about all these different events from the perspective of a queen who we all know in her very late in life. Like, but this is her back in the day. Um, so that's fascinating. They do a lot of good stuff with gender. But John Lithgow, he plays. Oh my God, why am I why am I forgetting this? Um, hold on. I'm going to, because I just want to make sure I say the right person. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Go right ahead. I, while, you, while, you, while you're looking it up, I, I, I want to talk about the uh, supporting actress and actor in comedy series. Um, okay, go ahead. As our next, as our, as our um, next topic. So. Just want to make sure, because I ha- it's like on the tip of my tongue. See, you did this, oh, okay. and now I'm doing this. It's okay. It's okay. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff, to, you know, to to remember. Okay. Uh, what characters? <laughs> You're gonna laugh when I say the character name now. <laughs> okay, John Lithgow played with Winston Churchill. Ah. Uh, yeah. Really? Yes. I did Yes, I haven't watched The Crown, so I've heard great things about it. Definitely need to check it out. So. If if not for awesome. anything else. Like, my dad, he, he didn't really care too much about any other character but Churchill. And mm-hmm. and why I'm so happy to see his name on the list and why I think he is a shoo-in and a lock for this category is because of this episode right towards the end where there's, there's just this moment of true revelation that mm-hmm. is expressed purely through his facial expressions, and we rewound it and replayed it. And I'm like, no, no, no! Look wow. at his freaking eyes! Look at his eyes! Look at that! Like that's huh. it's just genius what he does. Um, and I'm sure if you've if anybody who's listening has watched the show, they know what scene I'm talking about because it's so powerful what happens. Hmm. Um, but you wanted to talk about. Best Supporting Actor and Actress in a Comedy Series. Do you have any locks yeah. like I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, if I want to say lock for just, you know, relevancy of the times, um, I will say Alec Baldwin for SNL. Because, again, um, he made that show relevant again with his Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and... and and also, I think he has he like broken a record for like the number of appearances on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I think he eclipsed Steve Martin. So, um, yeah, you know it. You know, I think you know again it, it made SNL and 
you know, everyone sharing, you know, things went viral as far as his Trump and, um, um, for better or worse. I mean, you know, I think, you know, however you feel, uh, you know, about the current administration, I won't get into the, the politics of it, but I just feel like, you know, it, it reminds us of how great a talent Alec Baldwin is. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes, um, sometimes we forget how talented of an actor he is because sometimes all this personal drama, but, uh, the guy is just amazing. Um, and I think from that standpoint, you know, looking at the rest of the nominees, I can't speak for Veep. Um, you know, Ty Burrell, he, he does a great job on Modern Family, uh, plays the cool with that a bit well. But, you know, when you got that versus Fresh, Baldwin, you know, to me that just, that, that, that's the, uh, gives him the edge. As far as the supporting actress, you have three, Actresses from Saturday Night Live that are all that are all nominated. You have Kate McKinnon, Vanessa Vier, and Leslie Jones, and I'm afraid they're going to cannibalize each other, and someone else is going to win it. <laughs> That's, I just put a weird picture in my mind. They're going to all cannibalize one another, <laughs> and yeah, then somebody else are. is going to come out and say, "Nope, that's mine, trophy." Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean. Each one could win on their own right, you know, but I think just having three very talented people in one category from the same show, I mean, it can't help but, like, split the votes and, you know, open the door for, I don't, you know, for, for someone else. Yeah, yeah. It, it's also kind of interesting how Saturday Night Live, like, I've I, I recall watching it, a good 10 years ago for a little bit, but I've, mm-hmm. I've never been mm-hmm. a consistent viewer and mainly I haven't either for years. It's yeah. mainly go- coincides with election year when it's really yeah. popular. And then when it dies off because it's, it has a cycle every four years, people start watching yep. because that's their bread and butter. Uh, yeah. But it's still interesting how people also rag on the cast so much. And yet three of them are nominated for Emmys and all of this other stuff. So I like that. I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's interesting. Yeah. So, but, so the other category that I kind of skipped over was Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Thandi mm-hmm. Newton from Westworld. She's probably going to get it. She's probably going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think you're right there. Um, a lot of buzz about her portrayal in, you know, in Westworld. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, there's time, you know, I think given that Game of Thrones is on the shelf for the Emmys this, this time around, it really does open a door for other, other series to, to, to get their moment in the spotlight because, you know, next year when game when every time rolls around and, Game of Thrones seven is is over. You know they'll just get the, you know, lifetime uh, achievement award sweep of, of categories, and you know everybody'll be saying thank you for for going away. Okay, well first <laughs> so, of all, it's going to end after its eighth season. Second of all, yeah, um, oh, yeah you right. would feel differently My if bad. you were a fan. Okay. My bad. <laughs> I, I it's not that I I don't you know I don't have a strong 
like or dislike about it. It's I just never, it, I you know, it, it, I, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's sort of like people in Star Trek. Either you, you like it or you don't. But have you even tried? And and I've tried with Star Trek. I watched I watched Trek. Well, I've watched the I, movies. See, I I've seen the shows. Well, see, for me, it's like it's so far. Like it's like in the seventh season. So I'm I'm, I'm so far behind that I just don't feel like there's any way I could get caught up. Oh, there's a way. It's called watching. But you know what? You're watching Mr. Robot season two. You got a lot in your plate. Yeah. Yeah. And I but. <laughs> Which I guess brings us to the final topic then. Um, yeah. And you brought up Game of Thrones, so you just did this to yourself. But the the show premiered la- this mm-hmm. past Sunday. It was great. I don't yep. want to get too much into it. Um, we're going to have Jackie Dallas back again, and she's going to rant and rave with me because you yep. you just don't want to participate. Yeah, I'll just sit back and have popcorn like I did. With uh, you guys and Handmaid's Tale, it was it was it was great. It was great. <laughs> Feel like you're included. It was, it was, yeah, I it, hey, it, it was it was great podcasting. I you know I could just sit back and be the producer and just like oh you know just you know catch right you know listen to you guys uh, rave about this show. It's <laughs> great. So so however, and even though I I just reminded you that the show still has to finish the season and then it still has to shoot. And, and put together that last season that is going to be epic. They just announced what they're working on after Game of Thrones, the two executive producers. And the yeah. show's called Confederate, for those who haven't seen the announcement. It'll be an HBO show, as per usual. And it's going to be an alternative history on if the South had won the Civil War. And slavery yes. still existed in modern day. Your thoughts, Will? Um, you shared this with me earlier this evening, and when you, you told me about about this, and I quickly read the Entertainment Weekly art, article, our first thought was, what the hell is this? <laughs> And my fault, <laughs> and my fault is still, what the hell is this? Um, why are why? I mean, you know, just given where we are as a country, where we are as far as the past in this country, why would you want of all things and all periods and all incidences that? historic American America, why would you pick an incident so, well, so wrong? I mean, why do we need to revisit an event of, of people being enslaved mm-hmm. and, and making a show about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what good can come from that? Um, now, if you're using it as a way to talk about modern slavery, like things as far as human trafficking or or trying to make it, you know, you know, in the context of like, look, you know, we still are dealing with this, you know, particularly here in the American South, where it is very topical now, where, you know, you're having these 
monuments being brought down and the Confederate flag finally being removed from the state house in South Carolina. And I mean, hell, we have, I mean, it goes every few weeks now where we're seeing Klan marches, you know, in southern states. Really? Why are you? Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was this one up in Virginia, in Charlottesville, uh, maybe it was last weekend, a weekend before last. And, um, you know, and here in North Carolina, they're, they're, they are active and, you know, they were the one that was going to march going up to Virginia was passing through here. So it's like, why the hell are you doing this? <laughs> it yeah. is like there's nothing good that can I don't think there's anything good dramatically or thematically or anything that can come from, you know, my, talking about this institution and, and trying to you know bring it to modern times and trying to make a craft a show around, oh, oh, let's just say the South did win the Civil War and, you know, and still exists. I mean, yeah, I, I just have a feeling that this is this going to could potentially blow up in their face. Uh, you know, you know, they may get such backlash that they may back off. And, and you know, and it's all great for artistic freedom and everything to do certain things. And, you know, part of art is being provocative and stuff. But, you know, being provocative, you also have to, you know, remember your audience and, 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 and you know, think about, why you're doing this and, and from what I've seen so far I, I just haven't seen a artistic reason for why they would want to pursue something like this at least not yet and I'll keep an open mind I, I will try to keep an open mind but right now I'm like why the hell are you doing this so so does that mean that you will watch the trailer like two years from now when it's probably going to drop if it drops yeah yeah I, I, I will I will um um, and you know, and I will try to reserve judgment until that point. Um, but at least, at least in this initial round of you know of the announcement, it, it, to me, it's like why why are you doing this? It just right. No. Why poke why poke this why poke this bear? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's I mean to to your point, it it definitely didn't address why and. Okay, so that's going to be, who knows what that's going to be like trying to watch it, but we'll yeah. see. I, I mean, they got to they gotta wrap up the Thrones, the Game of Thrones, yeah. and, and, and deliver on that, and then we can look ahead and see what's happening, because, you know, projects change a lot of times. People announce one thing, and the next thing you know, it's something else. Oh, wait, that's right, we're talking HBO, we're not talking about DC. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I, yeah. And, and, I mean, again, especially, you know, when we're looking, we, we're, we're finally getting to the place where we're starting to get some positive, you know, portrayals of people of color in film. I mean, you look at Black Panther coming out. Um, you, you look at Wrinkle in Time, which I know we're going to talk about the trailer here shortly. I mean, there's so many positive and good portrayals of, for, you know, there's opportunities for African American actors to do good things. Why are you going to 
tell a story where, you know, again, I mean, you know, it, you're, 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 you're taking a very serious topic. And again, I don't know how they're going to address it. I mean, maybe it's going to, you know, be a very critical look at racism and the things that we're still dealing with in this day through this show. And if, and if they are doing that, then more power to them. Um, and it will also yeah. be said in the modern time, and and that could throw how exactly it's going to be handled, you know, yeah. it, because it, it makes me think of what they did with The Handmaid's Tale and how mm-hmm. they twisted that present day setting to a point where you're like, is it in the past? Is this present day? Where are we in the world? And and yeah. it also just the the relevancy and that political Everything involving the politics of that show hit you in a way that was so familiar that it was haunting. So I wonder if it's going to take in that where where it's set in the modern day and you're kind of like, okay, well, how far in the future are we talking here? And this happened. We understand that. But still, it, it feels similar to where we are now, but it's different. And. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I know when you and Jackie talked about Handmaid's Tale, y'all, y'all definitely brought up some of those, some of those points as far as just contextually how you know how the show deals with feminism and um, sexism and and you know through you know you, you know through this this story the storytelling there. Um, you know, points out how ridiculous uh, sexism is, and also in some ways, you know, some of the characters are very empowering and and have so. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. <sighs> they just need to put a dragon in it. <laughs> 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 you can just imagine that. Like, just a dragon going by. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, turning from yeah, we're turning from serious stuff to let's talk some fun things. I know we got kind of deep there. Well, let's go into what you already brought up. A Wrinkle in Time. The trailer dropped. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is also some of my hiatus uh, um, habits right now, which is uh, I'm reading the book. So, But uh, that that trailer, oh, it's everything. Um, mm-hmm. Blown away. Watched it like three times, um, you know, just in the first all Saturday afternoon when it first dropped. Um, a couple observations. Uh, Oprah. Oprah is back. <laughs> Oprah is back. Uh, Chris Chris Pond. He he seems to be everywhere these days as far as Chris's. It is very uh, true. <laughs> um, and uh, he you know I I have grown to appreciate him as an actor he, he has some he has some true range I, I you know I have to say the same thing about it which is funny because a year ago how do you ask me like what you think about Chris Pine and I'll be like he's all right it's all right yeah. but then you go see a movie like higher um, hell or high water which is an indie film that came out last year well if you haven't seen it you should there's an ending scene that is just like Oh, that is awesome. Um, it's it's a great little movie. And then you see yeah. him in Wonder Woman, and you're like, oh, yeah, 
this is the dreamy side of him. And I mean, yeah. I mean, this is what I thought you were thinking while watching Wonder Woman. <laughs> 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 you were you were just sitting there and you were like, oh, those baby blues. <laughs> Oh, Captain, yeah. I don't see him as Captain Kirk anymore. I actually do see him as Steve. Yeah. And, and I, I actually forgot he was even in this movie until I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah, the trailer and the beard. So I remember seeing him, like, in some, you know, pr- promotions for some other things, and, that, and the beard. I was like, oh, yeah. That's why. That's why. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but the trailer, I mean, the, the cast, I mean, it's, it's, pretty strong. I mean, you have, you know, those obviously Oprah and Chris, I mean, Mindy Colleen is in it. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Reese, yeah. Who's coming off Big Little Lies, which is also yeah. a big show on the Emmy noms, including, she's nominated mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You got Zach Galifianakis is in it. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that until I was looking further down in the credits. Yep. Um, and you got that one guy from Moonlight, Academy Award winning mm-hmm. Moonlight. He's in it. Yep. I don't know his yep. name, but I remember who he is. I remember who he is as well. I know, I know who, we know we know who we're talking about, but it's that it's guy. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it, it looks and then, it looks thrilling. A great adventure movie that could potentially work for both adults and children, which is always mm-hmm. what Disney is trying to find, like that common medium in between. I do have to say though, towards the end, I didn't like Oprah's last line about like the only thing that's faster than the light is dark. Okay, guys, we've heard that line probably a thousand times. Yeah. Well, it yeah. doesn't really hook you. And then I also, I don't know what's wrong with me, Will. When I watch these things now, especially Disney movies that are in live action, all I see is the CGI. That's all I see. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it, and it is a trailer, so they're not done with post-editing. So I don't know if that's really what the final product is. I just wish there's so many scenes where they use more real-life or um, how should I put it? Um, live action stage pieces that feel so much more realer and grandiose than when they go into those other areas. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> no, no. but but yeah, I think I think it'll be fun. It'll be a fun ride. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, again, not only a lot of uh, strong c- characters of color and female representation, but particularly, you know, very much. You know, the big thing is you know, have Ava DuVernay, who's you know Selma, and you know, person of color behind the behind the camera. So, you know, again, I think um, you know, getting back to our earlier discussion um, with Confederate. Uh, we have come a long way as far as filmmaking and stuff, and uh, it, it's great to see more opportunities open up uh, for for you know people of color and and, and women directors to, it, to helm big budget films. I mean, we just saw it with Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman, and now we have with Ava, and who knows what we'll see what we'll see next. And I think we should, you know. 
it's it's a great it's a great time to be a to be a fan of film. As, as somebody who listens to the show on a regular basis, you have to let me know how many times or how many episodes, at least halfway during through or at the end of it, Will says that exact thing. <laughs> it is. I know, but it's just funny it how is. you always I've dropped it. <laughs> yeah. It's I yeah, I dropped a Star Trek reference. Well, it and then I'm also It's been it's been gone for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious to see if this because I think this comes out in March, Black Panther comes out in February, and if I mm-hmm. and if I read if I read my movie news correctly, Ava dropped out of directing Black Panther for quote unquote creative differences, i.e. I wanted to go off and direct a wrinkle in time instead. So we'll yep. see if that was a good choice or a bad choice. Very very yeah. interesting to see. And I mean, even both trailers side by side, you're like, actually the directors for each of these properties now make a lot more sense. Because and yeah. and we've talked about this before, like people don't take in consideration who's behind the camera when they're telling certain stories that require mm-hmm. a, a certain perspective, and it does make yeah. a huge difference. So, and I do think that this is the biggest budget that a female director has been given. But I could be mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, she's just also probably very happy that besides dropping her trailer, they did not release the footage that was shown of Infinity War. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because that would have really overshadowed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It would have, and yeah, and every way, yeah, but... um, I just want to see It's funny, I've seen some... (laughs) I just want to see it too. I saw, I've seen some like, uh, yeah, you know, to pick on your, your, your fun Game of Thrones. It's sort of like people were like, fans were make, making bootleg or, or making home fan made um, Game mm-hmm. of Thrones season seven trailers. It's, I've, I've been seeing some of the same with the Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> I, I may have opened one or two of those and I keep thinking it's real and then it's not. It's real. It's like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh, come on. I, I, got, I got suckered again. But uh, yeah, from all the written uh, descriptions of the uh, teaser there at D23, um, yeah, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be big. So I'm thinking that it probably won't drop until closer to Thor Ragnarok. I think you're, you're I think your guess is correct. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be around that time because you know it'll be you know because you'll need some you know you'll need to get the buzz going about for Thor. Because and it and it uh, doesn't even Infinity War doesn't even come out until next November. That's correct. So I wouldn't want them to drop that too soon in advance. Yeah, but you know, I, but I think it's either would come out around with, with Thor because the thing is, if you do it in December around Star Wars, you don't want to take too much, you know, buzz away from from Last Jedi. Oh, but but they want to break records with Last Jedi. I mean, can you imagine? Actually, actually, let's see. Infinity War actually is May. Oh, okay. Oh, 
So, so, so yeah, we, we can yeah. get this footage anytime now. Anytime. I take it yeah. all back. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just looking at what. Well, yeah. you know, Civil War came out in May, and I don't think we got the trailer for Civil War until November of the previous year. And, right. I think that sounds and, right. and the whole timing issue with these trailers is mainly because. We, we we understand Marvel's advertising these days better now more than ever. Mm-hmm. We we want the trailer, but we don't want it, them to kill it to death. <laughs> I right. Don't, I just want them to reel it back a little bit more. Reel it back. Chris Hemsworth has been done a great job advertising for Thor. He advertises for the character on YouTube videos that are freaking hilarious. <laughs> that makes me want to go see that movie more so than any two-minute spot will ever be able to do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the other little bit of tidbit that came out, though, regarding Infinity War is that we all knew Thanos was going to be in the movie and the big bad. But what we did not mm-hmm. know is that the Black Order were also going to be used in the film. They're not cast yet which is surprising considering that um, they have wrapped filming. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not familiar with the... It'll be quite the trick. What? I said I'll be interested. Trick, go ahead. Go ahead with the blackboard. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not familiar with them, from what I understand, they are Thanos... Thanos? No, I cannot say that name. Um, they're his um, offspring. So they're kind of related to Gamora. And Nebula, kinda. kinda. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it's. What are your thoughts about Black Order, Will? Um, I'm not as big as a Marvel reader as I am DC, so I just basically know that um, they are you know, children of Thanos, but um, beyond much beyond that, I, I don't have. I can't really articulate. Um, much more than, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with Infinity War. Um, but uh, I, I really can't, like, give a informed opinion about them at this point. Yeah. We just need to see the footage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this break is, yeah. This, yeah. I love Give us the footage now, you know. Hello? I want it. I want it now. No, yep. <laughs> I want it, and I need it, and I just want to confirm yeah. that they're on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> just want to confirm. Um, so outside of those, really, the rest of the news that came out of DC or D23 was about all of their live-action animated films. Yeah. That man, they're really investing everything in these live action really tales as told as as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, it's great. I I mean, I don't know which got a bigger reaction, but I'd be interested to see more of this comparison if the footage of Infinity War got a bigger action, bigger reaction than the first scene of the Lion King which apparently yeah. also brought people to their feet because it was so unbelievable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see that movie um, yep yep but there was a there was 
a little dust up about Lion King, but about whether or not Hugh Jackman was going to be cast as Scar. And I've read yesterday, um, I think via Screen Rant, that actually at this point he's not been cast as Scar. Oh, wink, wink. Or, yeah, he's definitely not. <laughs> um, so far, he's he's not. He's not. He's not. I um I can't see you, Will, but I feel like you're you're winking, like he's not, but no. he is. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I, that's that's you know because there was as I said there was quite the dust up over whether or not uh, New Jackman was going to be cast. Who do you cast as Scar? Oh, who do you? Oh, live action. Hmm. Well. Well, Will Smith is out of the picture. Well, he's, he's the genie. He's, um, oh my god. He's the genie. I don't. And Aladdin. Yeah. So. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I haven't thought about that honestly. I don't know if listeners who have an idea of who would make a good scar, let us know. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm just. I'm just excited that Donald Glover is going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. James Earl Jones is yep. back, you know. It's 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 Lion King, guys. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, you know you got you got Lion King, you have Mulan, just Dumbo, just and 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 then even though I'm not a fan of Mary Poppins, even Mary Poppins is returning. Yeah, yeah, and and it's Emily Blunt. So even if you yeah. weren't excited about the remake, it's Emily Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> who can, who never does, like, she hardly ever has a miss in the projects she takes under. Like, it's always surprising to me. And mm-hmm. Lynn Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame. Yep. He'll also be there, too. But what we do know about one of the live action remakes is that Aladdin, which has also had a very interesting development news leakage in the sense that they kept pushing back dates for the release because they were struggling trying to find the perfect Aladdin and the perfect Jasmine and they really wanted to get the casting right and then the last thing I heard was that Guy Ritchie was dropping out of the project um, because he didn't his King Arthur film wasn't that successful and now at D23 much to our surprise they they introduced us to Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah. Yep. So we have Nina Massad, who will play Aladdin, and Pink Power Ranger Naomi Scott will play Jasmine. Good casting. I mean, good. I mean, it, you know, I think it uh, again. Um, you know, they took their time. To find the right people, um, you know, instead of rushing um, to, you know, to cast these films, and uh, and you know, I, I, I think I think they they did right here. I think they, I think they got it fifty-fifty. I don't yeah. know about Naomi Scott. I don't know. I think she. Well, uh, is it is it because she's a power ranger, or does? Oh no! I mean, that just makes me envious of her because she keeps stealing yeah. all of like the 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 characters who I wanted to be when I was a little girl. Okay, <laughs> very hard for me. But even if like my fantasy came true one day and I was cast as Jasmine, I don't look like Jasmine, and she doesn't either, in my opinion. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's kind of like that's the disheartening part of this was where I'm like, they really couldn't find anybody else who more matched that description, really. But, I mean, from what I understand, she can sing. She can act. I, I actually did like her in Power Rangers. Um, I haven't seen her in too much else. And she seems really cool. But... I don't know. I just, I kind of was taken aback when I saw that because I'm like, you, you've spent all of your time finding the perfect Aladdin. Why didn't you do the same for Jasmine? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's going to work. Well, because it may, it, yeah. And maybe they just really played well off each other. And since they did, that's the, that's what they decided to, you know, go with as far as casting. Take the words right out of it right out of my mouth like regardless of who portrays them if those two don't have chemistry the movie fails yep yep it's just that's the way it is and also will smith has to bring it as a genie he does like, big shoes to fill like, cool big shoes <laughs> which is kind of funny it just dawned on me that must have been really awkward to come out and support the recent casting as Genie, considering you also just starred in a DC film and now Marvel is all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens with Aladdin and how it works out. They, they are just chucking these out there though, because they got Mulan and Dumbo in production yeah. and, Keeping us on the edge. So what do you think? Sheets. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of John Favreau being a director for Lion King? Um, I haven't seen Jungle Book, but I heard that he did an excellent job, and mm-hmm. a lot of people were disappointed by Beauty and the Beast because um, the CGI was so off that it was distracting, and a lot of people questioned, well, why? How could Jungle Book make it work, and mm-hmm. they couldn't? So. I think it's, I think it's great. If he brings what he brought to Jungle Book, I think it'll make a ton of money, if not more, because that's so much more beloved, in my opinion, than the Jungle Book was. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Once, if you know, it's it's kind of like um, how Marvel reuses the Russo brothers. Like once you yeah. find that perfect person or in this case two people to really guide the ship why why change it why change yeah it's working yeah totally exactly exactly it's working and (laughs) disney is legitimately taking over the world because we've talked about marvel we've talked about wrinkle in time we've talked about all of their live action films and we have yet to even say they also talked about episode eight (laughs) Yeah, and even yeah, and it, episode eight, and also we, we got a little news about uh, I guess the Incredibles and two and Frozen two. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. and they have a few like new unknown animated features that they're gonna set and probably win Academy Awards for, and it's it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, but but one thing about episode eight, one thing about D twenty three that was absent from any real big news was the Han Solo film. We don't talk about that film. Okay. okay. That's well. That's a, that's a, yeah. 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 You think that? I mean, obviously it was <laughs> intentional, 
but I, you know, do you think it would have helped if they had thought, you know had Ron you know had some positive news come out at D twenty three just given how much drama literally has um, surrounded this film this summer? No, um, I think that because. It, I mean, it took me maybe a day of going through all the news and all of the joy and excitement that came out of this um, event to really look back and think, oh, yeah, and they didn't even talk about Han Solo. So I think a lot of mm-hmm. us fell into that trap of we we just we only saw the shiny stuff in this moment. We yeah. there was so much stuff that was new that we were energized about that we're looking forward to and they just they they um they raised our excitement level so much that knowing what happened in with all of the news that broke out really recently it kind of made you forget a little bit because it reminded you how yeah. much the studio and this these, these teams do so much good work that and I bet you will that they don't have it all figured out they're not sure so why even bring it up when you're not going to have the answers yeah. that we're going to want true true yeah and uh, yeah as I said earlier I, mean, I definitely thought it was intentional but you know if they did have you know it, yeah yeah if, if they had an opportunity to you know say hey all's well you know, they could have, but I think your point is, is well taken that, you know, why, why bring up this negative distraction when we have all this fun stuff to talk about this weekend? Yeah. And I mean, I, and it was really funny because I'd forgotten that D23 was happening this weekend until the news started. Yeah. And then I'm like, it's not even Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, just uh, uh, tease my time of will, but. Uh, when I was at the Raleigh Supercon uh, this past weekend, uh, it was actually trend, it was actually trending higher than D23 at some points during the weekend, uh, even though no news was coming out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it it's just it's just interesting, and I think a lot of us were skeptical about how D23 was going to work. Um, a few years ago when they first started doing it and then when they started picking up properties like Marvel and Star Wars it started becoming a bigger event and next thing we know Marvel backs out of Comic Con and everybody immediately was shocked and suddenly it's like well what? Well now it makes sense it truly makes sense this weekend it's all about Marvel this weekend is about Star Mm -hmm. Wars all Disney properties next week DC and all of those kids, <laughs> I don't know what it's, it's really, Comic-Con is slowly turning into that event for DC and for yeah. TV to really dominate and have their panels yep. right after mm-hmm. a first their first few weeks of filming. Yep, it is. It really is. It really is. Yeah, which, I mean, we love that too because we obviously yeah. love TV. Yeah, we saw yeah, I mean, we saw our our two favorite sh- two of our favorite shows uh, drop some posters today for 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 Comic Con. Drop a line at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I and I love those panels because I love the fact that people post them online. 
which DC 23 yeah. doesn't do. You also notice that. And I think that's one of yeah. the reasons why they did want to create another event because they were tired of having, of not allowing the people who do spend the money, take the time, make the travel yeah. to really be like a, um, to have that moment of where they're like, I have yeah. seen this. I'm a part of the family. This is awesome. Yep. I'm in the club. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, I want to be in the club, but I just don't want to spend the money to be in the club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, you know all about that, so why don't, why don't you tell us, Will, about your weekend and how you've met your best friend. I've met my best friend, yes. yes. So, yeah, so this weekend, um, here in the uh, Raleigh-Durham area, there was the uh, uh, Raleigh Supercon, which, you know, to get to just... Yeah, just the 30 seconds on the the competitions between the, the, the various enterprises that put together these events. Supercon, I think, is trying to um, raise the game and become a competitor to um, some of the other organizations that put, put on the Comic-Con types of events. So um, this one, this event, I like, it was a three-day event. I went Sunday. And um, it was had an amazing time. Um, Why did you have an amazing time? <laughs> Why did I have an amazing time? Well, uh, let me. I will build up to it. So they had this awesome like game room, so I could like go play video games for for like an hour. This is so boring, Will. <laughs> just just drop it. Come on. I'll just drop it. Well, yeah. So it the awesome thing about it, I got to got to meet John Wesley Ship. At uh, who was the original, original gangster, the original Flash from 1990. Of course, now fans of the show know him better as uh, Henry Allen and also Jay Garrick. But John is he is the most super nice guy ever. You know, just very down to earth. I mean, if you ever interact with, he's you know very approachable. His fans on Twitter and and Facebook. Uh, but uh, interestingly enough, he actually grew up in the Raleigh Durham area, a uh, little town called Wake Forest. And uh, his father was a minister. And uh, get into our theme of um, of uh, racial issues and stuff. Whenever John was at high school, they wanted to have an integrated pool party at, at their at their home. And uh, of course, it was not. Um, not well thought of by the by members of the community, but they the ships felt that it was very important to to, to do that. And um, yeah, so um, it was he. There was an article about it in the uh, local paper. I've heard the story before, uh, but since he was you know hometown boy coming back, you know, to, with this event, uh, he uh, they they ran a little article about it. If you check my timeline, you can you can see it. Man, you guys um, got on deep. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So I I, I met him, got his autograph, got a picture with him. And, really? Uh, really? <laughs> really? Really did? I totally did. I mean, what's the point of going if you if you don't do that, I don't, right? I don't recall um, seeing a photo or any any uh, break nah, email online about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it was really cool. Also, they he had a, a Q and A session. Um, as well for uh, at, at the event 
that that afternoon and uh, talked a lot about you know his time on um, his version of the Flash, but also uh, just working with the current cast and crew and um, and you know obviously with Grant Gustin and how they play well off each other and I'll um, see even talked about Dawson's Creek a little bit, but um, so that was really yes. If yes, I, I think I yes. ask about that. <laughs> didn't they film in Raleigh? They did. Yeah, they filmed in Wilmington. Okay. okay. Yeah the the uh, it's funny my office where I used to work in downtown Raleigh the the scenes they actually filmed the Capitol area uh, in downtown and then they did all the state work production down in Wilmington but. Um, all, all our film industry, unfortunately, is getting getting taken by Atlanta because our legislature yeah, cut the film. Yeah, cut the film credits, so idiots. But anyway. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Also, LeVar Burton was there. Um, so I got an uh, autograph from him and, and uh, Brent Spiner from Star Trek. So I got to drop my Star Trek. I'm sorry. I'm was sorry. Also well, there. Like, uh, all I can think about is is how I never knew you were a closeted Dawson's Creek fan. And I'm just, I'm just going to sit here in this moment. You can continue, but I'm not going to yeah. be present for the rest of this because I'm just shocked. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the kids from Stranger, Stranger uh, Gates and... Um, just the cute the, one, the cute little kid. The cute, the cute one. one. The cute kid, the cute, the cute kid with the curly yeah. hair. He was there. Um... Uh, the kid who does the voice for Steven Universe was there. Sure. Uh, Tony Todd, <laughs> Candyman. It was so cool. I mean, Tony Todd is like the most, he is like super tall and like super this imposing figure, but super nice guy. Very approachable. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was just Tara Strong. Uh, Raven, at, you know, for Teen Titans Go and other voice work. Uh, tons of wrestlers, oddly enough. <laughs> I felt bad for one wrestler. He was just kind of sitting there, like, all by his lonesome. Yeah. No one went to his, to, to his booth to get his autograph. But uh, a lot, it, it, yeah, I mean, it was a um, big, big weekend, strong cosplay all around. Um, yeah, some pretty good. I didn't really buy anything as far as like books or whatnot, but for the vendors, because I mean, it's, uh, you know, there were some cool things there. There was, there were a couple like, interact, cool, like local fan groups for like Star Wars and Ghostbusters. There was like Ghostbusters North Carolina, which, uh, which was pretty cool. They had a whole little table set up and, uh, had the proton packs and stuff. And then there was the, uh, Star Wars club and uh yeah they, they they were strong i mean as far as the, the, this one person was a jawat that had like the voice altering gear in, in their mask so i got a picture of him like shooting his gun at me um but it was it was like i, I was in like geek heaven for 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 pretty much all day sunday okay well so that's the time i will for this week and then of course which is a good segue coming up the the, the San Diego Comic Con. So, oh, we're gonna segue into San Diego Comic Con. Not okay. tonight. Good. No. Because I'm about to say, no. I'm like, this is this show's winding down. 
We've we've yeah. covered it all. We've given our yep. updates. We've given our rants. We've given our raves. We're disappointed with some people, and we're very happy for others. Yes, we are. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Will, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and ask you about what you and John Wesley Ship talked about in regards to Dawson's Creek? <laughs> yes, you can. You can find me at Will M. Polk on Twitter. That's W-I-L-L-M. P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at S J Belmont S J B E L M B E L M O N T. And you can find both of us at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, go to iTunes and SoundCloud to rate, subscribe, and comment. We are having so much fun every week talking and just geeking out about various things that um, we find to be nerdy. So you can also catch Catch us on the Android app called CastBox. Cast, and it's a box. Get it, guys? I got it. All right. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.